0: Chapter 37 of Eldorado by Baroness Orczy, read for LibriVox.org by Karen Savage in September 2007. Chapter 37. Chauvelin's advice. Citizen Chauvelin had drawn his colleague with him to the end of the cell that was farthest away from the recess and the table at which the prisoner was sitting. Here the noise and hubbub that went on constantly in the guardroom would effectually drown a whispered conversation. Chauvelin called to the sergeant to hand him a couple of chairs over the barrier. These he placed against the wall opposite the opening, and beckoning Heron to sit down, he did likewise, placing himself close to his colleague. From where the two men now sat, they could both see into the guard-room opposite them, and into the recess at the furthermost end of the cell. First of all,' began Chauvelin after a while, and sinking his voice to a whisper, "'Let me understand you thoroughly, citizen Heron. Do you want the death of the Englishman, either to-day or to-morrow, either in this prison or on the guillotine? For that now is easy of accomplishment. Or do you want, above all, to get hold of little Capet? It is Capet I want, growled Heron, savagely under his breath. Capet! Capet! My own neck is dependent on my finding Capet. Curse you! Have I not told you that clearly enough? You have told it me very clearly, Citizen Heron. But I wish to make assurance doubly sure, and also to make you understand that I, too, want the Englishman to betray little Capet into your hands. I want that more even than I do his death." "'Then, in the name of Hell, citizen, give me your advice!' My advice to you, Citizen Heron, is this. Give your prisoner now just a sufficiency of food to revive him. He will have had a few moments' sleep, and when he has eaten, and mayhap drunk a glass of wine, he will, no doubt, feel a recrudescence of strength. Then give him pen and ink and paper. He must, as he says, write to one of his followers, who, in his turn, I suppose, will communicate with the others, bidding them to be prepared to deliver up little capet to us. The letter must make it clear to that crowd of English gentlemen that their beloved chief is giving up the uncrowned King of France to us in exchange for his own safety. But I think you will agree with me, Citizen Heron, that it would not be over-prudent on our part to allow that same gallant crowd to be forewarned too soon of the proposed doings of their chief therefore i think we'll explain to the prisoner that his follower whom he will first apprise of his intentions shall start with us to-morrow on our expedition and accompany us until its last stage when if it is found necessary he may be sent on ahead strongly escorted of course and with personal messages from the gallant scarlet pimpernel to the members of his league what will be the good of that broke in heron viciously do you want one of his accursed followers to be ready to give him a helping hand on the way if he tries to slip through our fingers "'Patience, patience, my good heron,' rejoined Chauvelin, with a placid smile. "'Hear me out to the end. Time is precious. You shall offer what criticism you will when I have finished, but not before.' "'Go on, then. I listen.' "'I am not only proposing that one member of the Scarlet Pimpernel League shall accompany us to-morrow,' continued Chauvelin. "'But I would also force the prisoner's wife, Marguerite Blakeney, to follow in our train.' "'A woman? Bah! What for?' I will tell you the reason of this presently. In her case, I would not let the prisoner know beforehand that she, too, will form a part of our expedition. Let this come as a pleasing surprise for him. She could join us on our way out of Paris." "'How will you get hold of her?' "'Easily enough. I know where to find her. I traced her myself a few days ago to a house in the Rue de Charon, and she is not likely to have gone away from Paris while her husband was at the conciergerie. But this is our digression. Let me proceed more consecutively.' The letter, as I have said, being written to-night by the prisoner to one of his followers, I will myself see that it is delivered into the right hands. You, Citizen Heron, will, in the meanwhile, make all arrangements for the journey. We ought to start at dawn, and we ought to be prepared, especially during the first fifty leagues of the way, against organized attack in case the Englishman leads us into an ambush. "'Yes! He might even do that! Curse him!' muttered Heron. "'He might. But it is unlikely.' still it is best to be prepared take a strong escort citizen say twenty or thirty men picked and trained soldiers who would make short work of civilians however well armed they might be there are twenty members including the chief in that scarlet pimpernel league and i do not quite see how from this cell the prisoner could organize an ambuscade against us at a given time anyhow that is a matter for you to decide I have still to place before you a scheme which is a measure of safety for ourselves and our men against ambush, as well as against trickery, and which I feel sure you will pronounce quite adequate. Let me hear it, then. The prisoner will have to travel by coach, of course. You can travel with him, if you like, and put him in irons, and thus avert all chances of his escaping on the road. But—and here Chauvelin made a long pause, which had the effect of holding his colleague's attention still more closely—remember— that we shall have his wife and one of his friends with us. Before we finally leave Paris to-morrow, we will explain to the prisoner that at the first attempt to escape on his part, at the slightest suspicion that he has tricked us for his own ends or is leading us into an ambush, at the slightest suspicion, I say, you, Citizen Heron, will order his friend first, and then Marguerite Blakeney herself, to be summarily shot before his eyes." Heron gave a long, low whistle. Instinctively he threw a furtive backward glance at the prisoner, then he raised his shifty eyes to his colleague. There was unbounded admiration expressed in them. One blackguard had met another, a greater one than himself, and was proud to acknowledge him as his master. "'By Lucifer, Citizen Chauvelin!' he said at last, "'I should never have thought of a such a thing myself!' Chauvelin put up his hand with a gesture of self-deprecation. "'I certainly think that measure ought to be adequate,' he said, with a gentle air of assumed modesty, "'unless you would prefer to arrest the woman and lodge her here, keeping her here as an hostage.' "'No, no,' said Heron, with a gruff laugh, "'that idea does not appeal to me nearly so much as the other. I should not feel so secure on the way. I should always be thinking that that cursed woman had been allowed to escape. No, no, I would rather keep her under my own eye, just as you suggest, Citizen Chauvelin.' "'And under the prisoners, too,' he added with a coarse jest. "'If he did not actually see her, he might be more ready to try and save himself at her expense. "'But, of course, he could not see her shot before his eyes. "'It is a perfect plan, citizen, and does you infinite credit. "'And if the Englishman tricked us,' he concluded with a fierce and savage oath, "'and we did not find Capet at the end of the journey, "'I would gladly strangle his wife and his friend with my own hands.' "'A satisfaction which I would not begrudge you, citizen,' said Chauvelin dryly. Perhaps you are right. The woman had best be kept under your own eye. The prisoner will never risk her safety on that. I would stake my life. We'll deliver our final either-or the moment that she has joined our party, and before we start further on our way. Now, Citizen Heron, you have heard my advice. Are you prepared to follow it?" "'To the last letter,' replied the other." And their two hands met in a grasp of mutual understanding. Two hands already indelibly stained with much innocent blood, more deeply stained now with seventeen past days of inhumanity and miserable treachery to come. End of chapter thirty seven.